Albert Einstein once said that play is the highest form of research. Well, let's get ready to do some research. This is Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast, and I am your host, Adam Peterson. Before we get to today's episode, gotta give a huge shout out to the guys behind our intro music that we use, Brian and Neil, my buddies from the band Cuckoo Kangaroo. Visit cuckoocangaroo.com to see more of their music and awesome merch, as well as check out their YouTube channel. And a big thank you to our sponsor of Teach, Play, Learn, the podcast, Jose and Sean, my friends from Berto & Co. If you don't know what Berto & Co. is, use the shopping link in the show notes to visit BertoAndCo.com to see top-notch teacher planners, at-home planners, t-shirts, and more with the coolest designs on them. And when you use that shopping link and use the promo code ADAMP15, you will save yourself 15% off your order at BertoAndCo.com. Let's get to today's topic. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be joined by a, a new friend of mine, someone who we, we kind of met through this social media world, um, but excited to talk about something that doesn't get brought up enough, I guess, when we talk about play, and that is fine motor. So welcome to the show, my friend, Polly Benson. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you. So I, I mentioned that we met through social media. I know it kind of randomly came about. I got a message yeah. and then I started looking at this amazing product of yours. So before we get into all the, the details and kind of the, the meat of this episode, tell everybody about yourself and your, your background as an ed person because it's, it's amazing what I've read. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I'm an occupational therapist and I graduated a long time ago, but I've been uh, working in the school system uh, here in Georgia for 10 years and um, 10 years before that back in Ohio. And I started off with... Uh, being in severe to profound special needs classrooms. And so um, I found that I really enjoyed being on the school schedule when my kids were young. Right. And so I started learning all about um, how to do therapy with the school age kids. And at first with severe to profound kids, it was a lot of um, self-care skills and work skills and things like that. But as I got into more regular school and saw all the fine motor uh, activities, that's what I really uh, started to hone in on and how to help kids develop their fine motor skills. So I, I, I kind of laughed when you said I graduated a long time ago because it's one of those things. Do you ever feel like, like when I go to a school or when I'm working with a group of teachers, I always feel like I'm their age. Like I'm always like, even new teachers, I'm like, yeah, we're the, and I'm like, wow, I'm so much older than they are. It's, it's yeah. amazing. to. I, I guess this is what's great about this career is it keeps you young, right? You have to be. Right. So, so right. I love that. I, I yeah, was just going to say, I heard someone say something the other day about being a broker and record and do, you know, these kids even know what a record player is? Why? What, how does that mean? Like, what's a broken record? So. Yeah, they, they won't have a clue anymore, right? But yeah, um, exactly. now I mentioned that we're going to talk about fine motor. And I, I, I was so excited to bring you on um, as a guest because far too often, um, especially now because everybody's trying to get their kids outside at school and because you don't have to wear a mask outside and, and get out of the confined spaces, is, is that we, we think about play as gross motor most of the time you know like all mm-hmm. the, the big stuff the running the moving the the interaction and engagement but there can be a lot of play when it comes to fine motor skills as well and and I've seen some of the work you do I've seen you post about things and I obviously we know about your product that we're going to get to but um, let's talk about that the importance of, of fine motor especially at these little ages where where you know they're, they're not having enough time of that usually right so uh, what we see with kids is developmentally when they're in the classroom and working on their um, 
academic skills like writing and cutting, grasping, pinching, things like that. Um, I tend to see kids that are having delays in that or kids that are having difficulties with their fine motor. And a lot of times we're seeing that because kids are on technology a lot, they're not developing those skills as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is sometimes there's um, parents that don't want the kids to get messy. And it's important to get out in the world and play in the mud and um, stones and sticks and things like that. And so, you know, of course we want to be careful and safe, but we're finding that kids are not playing outside as much because it's hot or it's, um, you know, they need to be in the air conditioning or things like that. So we're trying to, and I'm not saying um, technology is bad, that's for sure, because I um, also work a lot with technology, but we have to think of it in a term of fine motor development. So a lot of times with fine motor development, we will tell the uh, parents if they're playing on a device to use a stylus because it's mm-hmm. really important to gra- to um, develop the fine motor um, muscles and to, to develop a grasp. So if there's activities that are on the devices, then let's use those devices to incorporate more um, functional tasks and more academic um, goals. You know, we're looking right. at, okay, we're not just... Um, playing a game on the iPad, let's do a tracing app or let's do something where we can teach the child the motor memory of how to make a letter. And then I'm so glad to, to hear you say that. I, I, I have a technology session that I do when I go to teachers and anytime I talk about writing app, I bring up that idea of the stylus and people are like, well, I don't know what to you. I said, you know what I did? I bought like a 20 pack of styluses on Amazon for, for like five bucks. You know, they don't right. have to be expensive. They don't, they're just something in their hands. Right. And, and I, it started in my classroom. My kids knew that anytime they were doing a writing type app, they had to use a stylus and it grew to the the point where they just, they grabbed a stylus every time they were using it. And they're like, can mm-hmm. I use this to play this game? I'm like, you can go for it. Like make sure you're <laughs> holding it the right way. You know, like they, yeah. They did it every time. So I, I love that you brought that up. It's great minds think alike, right? Right, right. Well, and I always try to recommend the mini styluses because in the therapy world, oftentimes we talk about use a golf pencil or use a broken crayon because it forces the hand into a curve and the child can no longer fist mm-hmm. um, on that uh, writing utensil. So using the mini styluses are actually um, better developmentally for them. Uh, the other thing is that a lot of people don't think about is when you're on a device is your hand tends to be bent down. So what we wanna do is try to get the wrist posture and proper writing position, which is bent backwards. And so putting the device up against on a tilt, on a notebook, or even just um, on a counter will help them to develop the correct posture for handwriting. Yeah, that's good to know. And uh, that's what, you know, I never even thought about that, but I. I think about some of the cases that are out that make it stand up and, and yes. different devices yeah. you can use up against. So that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the little preschoolers that are coming to us now. And it's like, that's how they want to draw in color. And you really see it a lot. Well, and I think sometimes too, people take devices for granted. And and I notice it all the time. If, if I'm out somewhere like in, in a waiting room or if there's kids around, I mean, don't get me wrong. My kids will, will watch stuff on their iPads too, but I think that's what is gets overdone. Um, sometimes is that we use this device just as a simple viewing tool, you know, and, and so far too often kids are just watching a cartoon or watching YouTube or which I love YouTube. Right. Don't get me wrong. But um, I think we forget sometimes that there's, there's this wealth of apps. I mean, I, I don't know how many apps are in the app store anymore, but right. <laughs> no. you know, probably tens and thousands of apps that, that could be useful on those devices rather than just using it as a screen, you know? So right. exactly. um, 
constantly trying to find things to be able to do that with. And, and when you mentioned the, like the pre-K and the early ones coming in, the early childhood, I just worked with a group of teachers a couple of weeks ago um, in Louisiana that was a pre-K program I was working with and showing, I started, so I was doing some research before that, like really digging into pre-K apps. And there's some, there's some fun stuff out there that, that isn't very technical and it's not very, I guess, overdone. It's just, just uh-huh. fun type stuff where the kids have to manipulate things on the screen rather than just watching a, a video. So right. yeah, great point. So you, I know it's kind of funny. We talk about great minds think alike. I didn't really know this about you until, until I started reading some of your stuff that you have a, a whole list of um, things from the dollar store to help promote yeah. Mind Motor. So on my YouTube channel, I have a whole series called the dollar store teacher challenge where I, oh. I challenge teachers to go to a dollar store and spend less than $5 and make something for their classroom. So I haven't put a video up for a while, but back when, before COVID hit, I was going like every week and I'd, I'd search the entire store, like not just uh-huh. the teacher section, but the entire store uh-huh. and find things that were, you know, I'd only spend $5 and I'd try to build a game out of it. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have specifically for fine motor that you can pick up at dollar stores. Yeah. So I'll tell you, a lot of people know to go to the school supply section, but I like to go to the kitchen session and I'm going to tell you what, yeah. my favorites are tongs. Perfect. So this is great to teach grasp. Um, when we're working on the grasping, we're trying to get a nice curve to the palmer arch. So having tongs and I love puff balls. So we take like a cup and we drop the puff balls into the cup and then that can allow us to work on that grasping. Um, or you could get a chip clip. And so chip clips, we're going to pick up little puff balls and we're going to drop them in the cup. Um, (laughs) And then another one, because I have this um, icing container that just, you know, what I've bought, put a little slit in the top and then any type of a flat toy. So I've got some discs here and we can practice putting them into the container. Um, I also have some little stars that I found and we can put those into the container. And so holding on and pinching is a really important fine motor skill. Um, You know, and if we have kids that, don't have good fine motor skills, a lot of times we'll find that their self-esteem is impaired or their social skills are impaired because the other kids can play the games, but they can't, or the Mm -hmm. other kids are writing well and they're not. And so it's important to develop the fine motor skills because we want to help them improve their um, self-esteem and their social skills. Um, And then kids a lot of times will avoid fine motor tasks if they have um, impairments or if they're weak. And then when they're avoiding, then they're not moving around as much and they're not exercising and they're not um, having that chance to socially uh, get with other kids. So that's true. That's another important thing is why we're doing fine motor skills is, you know, just for social skills and for personality. And um, so those are, those are a couple of things from the, fi- you know what store. too, that, that when you were showing that icing can, like I'm thinking of things that I did in the classroom that could have been so much more fine motor enhanced by using a, an icing tin or a, a coffee tin yeah. or anything that, that, I mean, we sort shapes all the time as teachers, right? And in, in the kindergarten right. level, we're constantly sorting shapes. And if we think about it, stop and think teachers, you're usually just having the kids like drag those, you know, from a pile in the middle of the table to a space on the table, right? Like put all the squares right. here, put all the circles here, but how easy it would be to put out five different containers and have them actually mm-hmm. pick them up and drop them in. And then those right. little things are things we overlook sometimes. Well, and some of the things that you mentioned being, um, at the dollar store, you know, going in the other sections. Have you ever been in the colored section, like where everything's red or blue or like yeah. the red 
could have, you could buy a red bowl, a green bowl, a blue bowl. You could sort by color. You could buy different shapes of bowls. Um, yep. You can even just use the cups. You know, they have a uh, red solo cup, you know, right, you like the party those. cups. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and even, you um, know, my favorite places to go is the holiday section, like the, the theme right in the front, because right. they're, usually those items stay exactly the same. They just change the theme, right? Like yes. you can always find flat little mini erasers or pencils or, or, I mean, really anything. It just changes throughout the year. So how easy would it be to, to create a fine motor station, right. you know, for right. every single month of the year that the kids already know what to do. I love that. Right. And speaking of erasers, um, also another great thing to pick up with the tongs. So, you know, if we're picking up the little erasers um, and then sorting them with the tongs, then that helps to do grasping, sorting, and your, um, you know, your different type of a pinch, you know, or a different type of a grasp. So, awesome. Um, I also love clothespins. So, yes. you know, we can take clothespins and we can write letters on them and spell words. We can put them around a paper plate. Um, we can put stickers on them to show them where to pinch. Um, lots of uh, pinching is going to help. And if you have a child that has trouble pinching, if you take one of the puff balls and put it in the hand and force oh, them to yeah. hold onto it, then you can further work on just the two pinchers that you want um, to strengthen. So. You know what I love about that is, is too often you'll see, and I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong because I'm not, I'm not an occupational therapist, but I, you know, you, you find different kids sometimes using different pencils, which maybe that's helping their grip. And then I've even seen, and I'm, I'm not entirely fond of these, like the, the rubber band type that go around their hand to hold their hand there. Mm -hmm. But to me, I feel like that draws attention to that child, right? Like, yeah. like if they're, they're other kids are saying, well, why do they have it on their hand? Where that puff ball, you could give one to every single kid and just make it a, a game or a challenge. Right. Like, see if you can keep the puff ball in your hand. And then you're not, I don't know, I'm a big, I don't like singling kids out for any reason. I know right. kids need assistance and every child is different but I, I think that puffball idea is great because everybody could do it right right well and the the device you're actually talking about was developed by an occupational therapist and one of the reasons that we use that device on a student is if their pencil is straight up and down so looking for a pencil here hold on <laughs> i know so, your desk must be like mine where it's like <laughs> <laughs> where is everything so when kids write like this or if they're fisting so we want to pull that pencil back into the proper position. So that's when you use like a oh, band, okay. rubber band to hold it back. So if the child is no longer needing that, then yeah, I would take that off. There's so many different types of pencil grips on, right. if you look on Amazon, you know, so the occupational therapist is able to look at the student's specific issue with grasp and then give you a device or an adaptation to use or to work on for a while until they can improve that grasp. Okay. So if, you know, for instance, you've heard of the thumb wrap, I'm sure. So when mm -hmm. kids are and they wrap their thumb around, okay, well, we want to get that thumb back on the pencil so we can improve the palmar arch because this is not having a palmar arch. So um, being able to get those thumbs on the pencil is really important. So there's certain grips and little um, pencil grips and things that you put your thumb into a slot or that when you give a pencil grip, then we have those three sides to put your pressure points. Okay. And so that improves the pencil grip. So yeah, we single them out, but on the other hand, we can sooner There's we can get rid of them. Yeah. So yeah. I want to get, I want to do more dollar store stuff, but before you okay. do that, I have a question because, because I always 
think about this. This one student who I, I, I want to say she's a senior in high school now. I just saw her mom post pictures that she's looking at colleges, but I will never forget how she, she held, look at me, I'm looking for a pencil now too. She held it <laughs> between, it was either between her pinky and her ring finger or her ring finger, her middle, something. But it would, regardless of how she held it, the girl had the most beautiful handwriting. Like she, mm -hmm. she wrote better than I do even to this day in kindergarten right. and her handwriting was gorgeous. And she, she formed every letter the right way. There was nothing. I mean, unless you look specifically at her hand, you would never know, you know? So mm -hmm. what do you, as an occupational therapist, what, what do you say to that? I mean, is that something that, that we correct because their handwriting is good or what are the reasons behind you know, I mean, I know this is right, the, the tripod grip and whatnot, but right. how, do you, how do you address that? So um, typically we look at the age of the child and we look at the goals and we look at the parent. And so if I have a child with a grasp like that that's young and having hand cramps when they're writing a lot, okay. then that's something I would try to address. Um, we can do hand strengthening and stretches, but if it's functional and they're, you know, writing beautifully and that's fine with mom and dad and they're older. It's really hard to change the grasp when they're older, but at a younger age, um, it's healthier for the hand to use the proper grasp. Okay. So there's a couple that we call efficient and then there's a lot of inefficient grasps. So over the long term, if we can correct it earlier, that's great. If not, then we have to decide later if it's worth spending the time to do it. That's a good answer because I get asked that in writing sessions all the time. Well, I have a child that doesn't, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to tell you because I have this little girl that wrote better than any single one of you in this room, and she she held her pencil. I'd it'd be interesting to get together with her now and see how she holds it. I'm sure she holds yeah. it the right way, but it'd be it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. All right, I did. I just had to ask that since you were talking about grasp and, and grip yeah. so much. So so let's talk more uh, dollar story. I know you've got some okay. more stuff there. To, to, yeah. To so um, putty, you know, silly putty that yes. you can buy. Um, so a lot of things you can do with this for handwriting or for fine motor is pinching, um, rolling it up into a ball and squeezing it, uh, rolling it out into like a hot dog shape. So I like to take the kids through a little pattern. And once they get it into a um, hot dog, we try to try to turn it into a bowl shape. And the reason I go towards the bowl at the end, you can even pancake it and go back to the bowl is for using little beads. So you can get little tiny beads oh, or yeah. buttons or coins or things and you hide them in the putty and you squish them all in the middle and then they have to pull them out. And so as they're opening it up and pulling out the little bead and putting it back till they can't find them anymore. Um, I found recently too doing um, sequins, they're really hard to find. So mm -hmm. those kids that um, are, really wanting some extra fun work and to try to find sequins um, is a really good because they're they're not as tactilely obvious inside right. of the putty. I so. am learning so much right now. Like I, <laughs> I want to be taking notes. That's such a genius idea. And how you fun. Probably, like that, that's a, such a fun task too, you know? I mean, yeah. That's what I love about your ideas is these are this is play. Like a lot of people overlook this as a play type activity but but I, I constantly bring up the definition of play in, in my book on the podcast everywhere that as long as a child is engaged they are active and they're enjoying it then we're meeting the definition of the word play and they're doing all that right there some other dollar store items um if you ever go into the birthday party aisle you'll find the little um toys they come six to a pack and um, I like to pick up tops. There's usually tops somewhere in there and that's a really great pinching and spinning activity. 
Um, another one is cards. Um, cards you can flip um, and put them on the ground and turn them over. You can turn them towards you. You can turn them away from you. You can turn them side to side. So I like to have some cards and dice. You can always find dice at the dollar store. Uh, one of the most important um, things or one of the one of the easiest ways to work on the Palmer Arch is actually shaking dice. So you want to hear the click. And so kids that have um, weak Palmer Arches or tend to bring their thumb in can't click the dice. So I like to use dice where they click it and roll it and then they write the number or they can write out their math problems. Um, but having a child do that is going to go a long way. Yeah, I never would have thought that. But that's yeah, I, I love dice games. And I know that's one thing that um, my wife is doing quite a bit of right now is she's back in second grade, and they can't play a lot of games together, right? But dice is one of those things that kids can play on their own. So they're doing like whole group games and stuff while the kids are throwing individual desks and, and playing away. So there's a lot of um, household items too that you can find around the house to uh, do fine motor. And one of my favorites is the tennis ball. So you just take a regular tennis ball and you can cut the hole, um, right? And make the little mouth and the kids like to squeeze it to make the, um, make the mouth open and close or talk or they'll talk to it. But you can also put things and feed the tennis ball buddy. Um, someone you might call Mr. Tennis ball. You <laughs> put a little bow on top, make Mrs. Tennis ball. So, and then we always at the end, um, take our container, like if our pen, we use pennies, and then the, the tennis ball gets to like squeeze it all back inside. So it's a great grasping activity and counting activity and um, pinching. So using both hands. Yeah, I never would have thought great. about it. Yeah. I mean, I always see like tennis balls cut for the bottom of chairs to like slide around on top of it. But that, right. what a fun activity. So you <laughs> yeah. just sliced it like with an exacto knife or something? Yep, just a one little slice. Blade or a knife in the kitchen. Yep, one little slice and put a little couple eyeballs on there and we're good to that go. That is really so. cool. I love it. Very cool. All right. So um, let's, I, I mentioned earlier a, a product that we connected through and I'm yes. so excited to, to bring this up and, and share this with the world. I've, I've been, people that follow me know I've posted about it a few times. People that follow you obviously know what we're talking about. But for those of you that don't, right. um, you all are listening to an inventor talk here today. We didn't mention that in the, in the bio at the intro, but um, oh, we're, we're talking to a, an inventor. So Polly, tell us about this, this, this product, Ledge Aligner and um, I know there's, there's new stuff coming out. I don't know by the time people listen to this, there'll still be new stuff coming out in the future, I'm sure, but oh, absolutely. It's, it's such an amazing tool. I know that the, the tagline is the coolest little handwriting tool. Um, so, so tell us about this, how this came about, what, what, what you're planning with it, how it's working and, and so on. Yeah. So I'll show it to you here. Um, this is my flagship. The very first one I came up with is a red ledgy liner. It's three quarter inch handwriting lines. And, um, you can quickly draw your handwriting lines anywhere and everywhere so kids can practice handwriting. Um, I then came up with a half inch size and um, I had this concept for a really long time in my brain, but I was trying to figure out how to get it made. So I knew what I wanted. We would work a lot of times in a classroom with a teacher and maybe the teacher was doing a graphic organizer, like a story card, and it was beginning, middle, end, and they wanted the child to kind of write a little beginning, write a middle, and write an mm -hmm. end to a story, and sometimes draw a picture with that. But as I was an occupational therapist pushing into the classroom to work on handwriting, I wanted that carryover from 
my classroom with the dashed lines and handwriting lines. And so I was using a ruler or trying to dash the lines out and they were never even and it was just a mess and I, it, it just wasn't fast. It took, well, let me have your paper. So while other kids were working, I'm sitting there trying to draw some lines for the child. So I knew I wanted a rolling stamp. I just didn't know how to get it made. So I came across this idea, um, this concept to put together my own pattern on a um, rolling stamp and quickly we can draw some handwriting lines. So it's as simple, let me see if I can do this on, um, i do it on the bottom of my box here. Can we see yep. that? Yeah, I, I absolutely love this tool. It, it's one of, yeah. oh. I know in the video, I need to have a little pressure. the video I posted about it with the first one that I got, um, it, it be, like the word that kept getting used over and over again was, was game changer, game changer, game changer. And yes, that's really what this is. Like I remember when you, you first told me about it and I was like, wow, that sounds so cool. And then I saw your pictures and your videos and you sent me one and I've got it here at my desk. I'm constantly, yeah. I know my daughter, I mean, my daughter doesn't need this at all. She's she you know she's junior high but she'll do crafts right. down here all the time in our basement we've got a little craft uh -huh. room and i'll catch her like drawing lines on things for stuff she's writing i'm like what are you doing she goes that's just fun dad but i just think about yeah. all the times when i was in the classroom how like how important and how useful this could have been yeah and yes. i think yours this one that i have is the three quarter inch but um i've got the uh -huh. other ones upstairs that i just got in the mail from you as well uh, yeah. I just think about all the times I could have used this where I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to print out writing lines or we did a craft. We're going to make the craft now, but we'll write about it later because some kids need the lines to write on it. And I know in one of your videos, that's one of the big things you push that not every kid needs the lines, but the ones that do, this saves you so much time because you can right. roll that little stamp right on there. And it's right. And, and how often do you use construction paper in the classroom? That's one of my favorite places yes. to use it because you're cutting and gluing and you're putting things on construction paper and that child needs to write their name, whether it's on the front or the back. And so let's have them practice writing their name on the adaptive lines, on the handwriting lines. And so that was kind of my whole thought process was, you know, quickly draw out some lines and have them be able to judge sizing and spacing and how do I make my letters starting from the top. So if we get that carryover into the classroom, then they're improving faster on their handwriting. Yeah, it's one of those things that every time I look at it, I'm like, why did I not think of this? Like, <laughs> why did I not think of it? Because it's it's such a genius tool. So I know, so so by the time people listen to this, it's probably out and people may know about it. For those of you who don't, you got a brand new product. So it's not just not just writing lines, because I know you've got no. one of my favorite ones that actually my wife kind of stole it and was playing with it was the the boxes that I just got in the mail. Yeah, you, which is my boxes. My goodness, so, it's amazing. Same thing. We start with a blank piece of paper and then we're going to just draw out a bunch of boxes, you know, and it's so cool. what does that make you think of? Like you can think of handwriting. So we write our letter at the top and then the student can copy at the bottom. Um, math, we can put, you know, little marker dots in each one and we're counting. Mm -hmm. We can do 10 square math. We can do um, even older kids like that do um, multiplication. They can do it vertically. Um, long division, long subtraction. Um, timelines, like if you had a, a student that was working on somebody's birth and, and um, then when they met somebody and got married and then they got a job and then they become president and you know, you can do timelines on this. You can use it for patterning. Um, put little, your little manipulative. So take your little puff balls and put them on the squares right. and then you know, you can, easier lay out your patterns and you can do 
you know, AB patterns and a, ABB, you know, whatever your pattern you want to be. So my boxes has been super fun. Um, yeah, and that just came out yeah, that are listening to this and can't see. I mean, just imagine a stamp that rolls across your page and creates a 10 frame for you. That's kindergarten lingo there. And, and yeah, I'm just like, man, there's so many times that I ran and like to my computer and printed one off and ran to the copier and made copies of 10 frames. And it's just, gosh, it's, it's such a cool tool. I told my wife teaches second grade and she's like, wait a minute. So you can make 10 frames or five frames or, or anything really like mm -hmm. it's just a, such a cool tool. So yeah, I, I kudos. Well, even if you're, that. thank you. Um, even if you're, counting by twos, yes. two, four, six, eight, ten. 10, you know, counting by fives, five, 10, 15, 20, you know, it helps them to separate out their numbers and to better decipher, especially with kids in special ed. So I work in special ed and we see the kids that have, um, you know, in high school, they've, they've been working on writing all their life and still some of it's decipherable, mm -hmm. some of it's not, but if we can give them boxes to separate their letters, then a lot of times they can write a whole sentence or they can you know, better, some the teacher can better read it because it's um, separated. It gives them that space, visual perception space arrangement. So, right. Um, yeah, and um, my one that's coming out tomorrow is called Spaces. So this is a one inch stamp. And when you draw it across the paper, it makes spaces um, along the bottom of the baseline. So again, individual letters, or being able to space between your words. You can write a word and then leave one space and then write more words. So um, there's all sorts of paper out there that exists like this, but it, like you, I didn't have it with me right. or to print it off, I'd have to use part of the student's treatment session and I didn't wanna do that. So having this in my pocket, quickly drawing the lines out allowed me to um, adapt the teacher's work, the teacher's worksheets right there in class and um, even help out a couple nearby students that also could benefit from the lines. So. Well, yeah, and you know, even as a teacher too, like the separate types of paper that I want to go print or purchase is is a, is to me is, is kind of a, a waste because every child sometimes needs something different, right? And I could right. be doing a writing page where they all have the same style of lines, but it doesn't mean they're going to space them all the same way. And the the first thing I thought about with your new spaces one is those kids who stretch words out. You know, like the word and takes up an entire line because A is on the left and N is in the middle and D is on the right. And I'm just thinking, man, if they knew, like I don't have to draw boxes anymore and I don't have to use a, a highlighter and put lines for them. I can just whoop, try it here, you know? And my favorite thing right. about this is none of this takes away from the child's original work because you still have those kids who are doing their work that they're proud of. And you know, just as well as I do, there are some kids who do not want you to touch their work at all. Like you put lines on there and they're like, no, I did it. You know, and they're, they're questioning why you're, you're fixing their mm -hmm. work. And with this, this little tool with any of the ledge aligners, really um, you can leave their work right there. And then underneath it, use your ledge aligner and put another line and say, you know what, yours is, yours is beautiful, but I want you to try it on mine now, you know? And I think uh -huh. showing the importance of their work is, is, is such a, a powerful tool for us and then to have this handy little tool to to help them with that can can benefit the whole the whole thing absolutely yeah so and you mentioned new products i've got a new one in development and it's top secret but um if you've ever seen the yellow line highlighted paper yeah so the baseline is yellow um highlighter or you like you said you highlight the line mm -hmm. where to draw so we're working on coming out once that very soon awesome so, so yeah and yeah congratulations on getting the, the patent for this that's that's amazing um again yes. one of those things i wish i <laughs> wish i had thought of because it's 
it's such a cool tool, but I'm so happy to have, have partnered with you with this. And um, where can where can everybody find them? Where, where What's the best place to get your ledge liners? So the best place to get um, my ledge liners is on my website and I have discount codes. And for your listeners, I have a special discount called uh, code for you. And if you want to tell them um, teachers learn too. Yep. Right? Yeah. And we'll put the link and in that- the, in the show notes as well. So yeah, if you head to legiliner.com, L E G I L I N E R.com and at checkout, use the promo code teachers learn too. that gets them 10% off. Is that right? That, that's right. And um, I do accept purchase orders. So if you want to put together a group order with your school, um, just email me and we can work that out as well. And the thing, one thing that my, my wife asked me right away was, um, how do you refill them? Do they ever run out? What happens when they run out? So for listeners who are thinking, you know, I love stamps, but I'm constantly running out of stamps. How does that work with your ledge liners? So um, the smaller ones, the, the red, the yellow, um, my blue, which is a music staff for music teachers. I love teachers. that. My daughter was um, so excited about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have a little hole in the side where the barrel is. And so you can refill ink. I do have um, a partner on Amazon that sells Legi Liner Refill Ink for me. So you can go to Amazon and type in Legi Liner Refill Ink. And um, that link will come up. And it's like $6 for three. Um, I actually was using mine for an entire, probably eight, nine months before it even started getting light. Awesome. So I'm, you know, we're, they're supposed to be lasting at least a year. Um, some of the newer ones don't have the hole in the barrel. We're going to be working on getting that um, adapted soon, but you can put ink on the outside and keep it moist oh, yeah. if it does start to dry out. So either way, you can add ink to the roller and keep it moist. Make sure you always put your lids back yep. on because we don't want them to dry well, out. One thing I said too is, was when people ask, I'm like, well, you're not going to be using this, you know, continuously again and again and again and again. And I think yeah. as a kindergarten teacher, especially it would be one of those go-tos. Like I mentioned, when I noticed something on a piece of paper or if a child asked for a line, it's not like mm-hmm. this was how I made all my writing lines, you know, like this was for me to right. practice with certain students or groups of students. So um, yeah, listeners, you don't have to worry about these things running out because I've used mine quite a bit just playing around here in my office. <laughs> it's, it's, I, and uh, you mentioned the music staff one. That one, my daughter saw that and she's like, she takes piano lessons. She's in band and she's in choir. And she's like, so like I could write my own songs with that. I'm like, yeah, you can start drawing notes on there, Liv. And she was so excited about that. So oh, good. music teachers, good pre-K teachers, kindergarten teachers, everyone that needs some help with this, any teacher really. Um, All the way up to high school projects, you know, poster board. I do have some solid line ones that don't have the dashed line in the middle. So if you just want two straight lines across the page to put a title on a poster board, or um, if you want to use for handwriting curriculum, like a college rule and a uh, wide line rules, I've got two of the solid line ones too. So awesome. uh, we've got eight different ledgy liners that are available on my website. I have four that are available on Amazon. Um, but like I said, if you want to do purchase orders, contact me. My email is legilinertool at gmail.com. Um, it's a great way to get a hold of me. All right. And we'll link that below. And I know you mentioned that you offer resources to teachers as well. You've got a, a Google Drive link that you share out. So can we'll put that yes. in the show notes as well. But can you tell uh, listeners what they might find in there? Yeah. So the dollar store list is on there. I think there's over 80 items that you can buy if you want to spend $80 at the dollar store. Um, One of my favorites, I didn't get to mention this, but one of my favorites is the colander. So if you get a spaghetti colander, um, you can put pieces of spaghetti in the holes and it's a great fine motor thing. And then if you have like cereal from the kitchen um, at the dollar store, you can put the cereal on top of the spaghetti pieces. So 
more fine motor fun with that. But That's there's awesome. over 80 ideas on there. Um, I've got some exercises for the Palmer Arch to help strengthen the hands. Um, just a lot of great resources. Um, my top 10 items, my top 10 go-to items. And um, i trying to think what else is on there. Um, just lots of good, great resources for fine motor, um, handwriting, and dollar store. Well, good to know. Yeah, well, we'll we'll link that below. So, listeners, if you if you check the show notes after you're done driving in your car or wherever you're listening to this, check that out for, <laughs> for some freebies on there, and then visit ledgerliner.com. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you use the promo code Teachers Learn Two, of course, because that saves you some money, helps me out in the long run. And uh, I, I thank you, Polly. This has been an awesome conversation. Oh, I've learned. I've learned a lot from you and I'm in the classroom right now. Like I've got notes that I want to take back to a classroom or right. um, share with teachers that are in the classroom right now. We will also share with everyone how to find you on, on social media, your email, the website. And um, yeah, just thank you for hanging out with us today. I appreciate this. All right. It's been great. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to hear more music like what you're hearing right now, visit cuckookangaroo.com. And then please like, share, and rate this podcast wherever you're listening to it so others can find it too. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Because you are the best.